All right. No, we can't. We can't. But we're starting. We're here. We're, we, oh we've we've God. we've entered the metal workshop. So that is fantastic. <laughs> we haven't so, done that in what a year? I don't know. People missed a fabulous introduction. Is all I'm going to say. So did they really? Oh yeah, I think it was brilliant. Um, and it's gone forever now. So, so anyways, what we, we were going to talk about a number of things today, but I guess first we want to talk about this new Judas Priest band by uh, KK Downing that yeah. formed. Um, I don't know. Let's what... start with the name. Let's just start with how bad the name is. So it's KK's Priest, right? That's yeah. the. Yeah, I... it's not his priest because it has former priest members in it. So he should have just called it Priest, by the way. Or Iron Priest or something, right? Something like that would have sounded really cool. Or taken like an old priest na- uh, song name yeah. that was like one of his songs. You know, like something like that yeah. would have worked. Yeah, K- KK's Priest just, uh, it- it's a little bit confusing. And it, it doesn't really mean anything. So yeah. it- it's not phonetically uh, pleasing. There's no cadence to it. You actually have to stop when you're doing a possessive like that. Yeah, you have to stop. It, it, there's just so much bad with it. I cannot believe somebody didn't stop him and say. And it looks please. bad too. It actually, it physically looks bad, yeah. no matter what you. Yeah. Do. I mean, maybe they have a clever logo, but but the two Ks, the apostrophe S, and then priest is just not working visually. So I think the name is is pretty bad. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you can have a bad band name and still be a great band. So you know, you know, but. Do we know who's on on vocals here? Do we know what yeah. the lineup is? Ripper, Tim Tim Ripper Owens is doing vocals. Okay, all right. So I'm not a fan. Um, that's kind of like I mean Iron Maiden. Didn't they have a similar thing where the former Iron Maiden people made a band, and I think it might have been Blaze Bailey or somebody. I don't know if they were touring. I remember hearing about that. And yeah, Blaze Bailey tried to do that with Iron Maiden uh, just to do his songs mm-hmm. with the band. And Dino has done that a couple times with Maiden as well. Okay. I just, it's kind of sad. It I, would, it's the equivalent of me going back and doing a, a feudal samurai game and trying to recapture all of the, all the L5R stuff that I did back in the day. I, I just don't think that's the right path for my career. Okay. No, I, I hear you. Well, so if, 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 if it's a situation where they're trying to make money because they don't have any, I can totally understand it. I mean, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> sure. Like, because that happens to people. They they make it big and then the band goes on without them and then they don't have any marketable skills except for playing music. So in that situation, like if if Blaze Bailey needs money, I have no problem with him doing that. If right. if if KK Downing needs money, I have no problem with him doing this. I suspect he doesn't just because he's KK Downing. Like yeah. how he could, would yeah. he need money? Yeah. Well, he could be really bad with money, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think that's the issue. But I don't feel like there's a demand for this and it seems kind of spiteful. Like even with the Iron Maiden stuff, I always felt like there was at least like a there, it didn't seem like there was as much static in the air around well, it. This is the problem, right? There's he he's given two answers as to why he left Priest, and I don't know which one to believe. Well, what were his two and answers? Now, the first one was just that he uh, and it, and he needed a break or something, some sort of political answer that just sounded lame. Okay. And the other answer was, "We're not really giving the fans a hundred percent anymore, and I'm not comfortable with that." Okay. And that one's a little, and he didn't say that for almost a year until after he'd left the band. He was very quiet when he first left. And 
when he came out with that answer, I just thought, wow, that's kind of principled. That's I I I respect that. I don't like it because yeah. you're all old people, right? Yeah. It's okay to take a break and give me 85% of the show. You're still one of the best metal bands of all time. You can take a break. And now he's saying, I want to redo some of my old stuff with uh, Ripper Owens and Les Binks, the old drummer. Now, I do like that Les Binks is in the band. I will say that he was the best drummer in the band. Okay. Um, and it's sad how he left. What was the story but, of him leaving? You might, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. He was there for the, um, was it the Sad Wings of Destiny album? And the one after that. And I'm I'm trying to remember the order back then. That's my fault. And then he they did all the re-recordings for Unleashed in the East, which is supposed to be a live album, but it's really in a studio. It's kind of a misnomer. It's a problem. And the manager of the band decided, uh, you know what? We're not paying you for the work you did on this album. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know why the band didn't fight for him, to be honest. That's also confusing. But he said, well, if I'm not going to get paid, what am I doing here? And he left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do you think he's he, much of a he draw? Was a good drummer. Go is ahead, he, I'm sorry. Uh, do you think he's just that big of a draw for your typical priest fan, or do you think that you're? Yeah. You anybody know. that likes their old stuff loves okay. Les Binks. Okay. I mean, okay. Because Dave Holland was so mediocre, the base, the the drummer that replaced him. Um, it's funny how much I mean drummers, unless they're like Tommy Lee, like people who are kind of known for their personality. They don't really get as much recognition all the time, but they're so important for the sound of a band. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can and 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 I you can definitely hear a difference in Priest from from those albums to their albums in like the '80s and stuff. But uh, but and I don't know is is that all a product of the drumming or is that a product of the bassist changing and other things that might have been going on? Uh. I'm not familiar um, with the lineup shifts. Nah, well, Ian Ian Hill has been in the band the longest. He's the bass player, so okay. He he changed his sound, but I think he changed his sound in the mid '80s because bass players were becoming less and less important. Okay, all right. Oh, so it's the same because it's funny. I always assume they had a different bassist because their no, sound no, changes always, so much. Yeah, no, same bassist. He's just such a a workhorse in mm -hmm. the band. And he just works around whatever sound they've got. He's so good at that okay. that he ends up sounding mediocre. Well, but it, Ian oh. really knows his stuff. Well, basing bass was a lot stiffer in the eighties. I feel just because the, the songs tended to be more staccato, yeah, and yeah, there was yeah. less of a loose vibe with the bass. So I can see how that would happen. Right. But um, but yeah. So I don't know. I I mean I don't I don't think it's bad that they're forming the band. I just uh, I don't know. It, it, I I feel like there it would be better to it would probably be better for him and everyone involved if they just started something totally new do you know what i mean and they didn't have all this baggage attached to it because then you know he, he's he's a he's a, he's a widely respected guitarist so like yeah you know it, pe people would be interested in what he has to say musically but the conversation around the band is going to be kind of overwhelmed by the drama i think with the way that they've done it. So, you know, and again, I don't really, I mean, you know, I like priests, but I'm not as big of a fan of them as you are. So like, right. I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight, you know, but you know, I, I just feel, you know, I would, I would be more likely to pick up an album that was like, you know, a solo album by him, 
with a band around him. Do you know what I mean? Than this. So, so I don't know, but any more thoughts on it or is that, is that pretty much it on this one? I Apparently they're going to be recording new material while still playing some of the old stuff. They've already done two shows according to ultimate classic rock.com. Um, and then for some reason they rank all the Judas Priest albums, which I don't, has nothing to do with nothing. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden they're just doing that. I, uh, yeah, I think he's just, I don't know. I, I can't really, he gives excuses on here that don't seem to make any sense. Um, I mean, that, that's why he's doing it. I don't know. I, I have no other, I have nothing else to say. I don't think it's a good idea. I, I have a theory about musicians that they're kind of like boxers where you get very inconsistent answers from them a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like there's maybe a lot of ego going on in the head. And it's there, there. I think sometimes when like, like if you look at like Guns N' Roses and like all the drama around them over the years, you always kind of get like 10 different answers from all the different members of the band about what was going on and what they felt about it. And you kind of get the same thing with like Megadeth and Metallica. Um, and so I just think that, you know, musicians are just not, they're just not consistent in terms of, you know, providing a, uh, a clear narrative of events of what happened in the band and why. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wanted to talk about YouTube, but before we get to that, you and I had had this new metal thing that we were talking about doing for a while. And we actually went down a bit of a rabbit hole, each of us. And I don't know if you, if you wanted to talk a little bit about that and, you know, uh, where, where that originated from what you were thinking of doing with it you mean uh the one about uh good songs from bad bands or esoteric I, bands i think i think it started out as good songs from bad bands and then it became good songs from new metal bands oh, yeah, i don't yeah. remember exactly new metal and you not oh you you were thinking the one where i was saying can we think of a good song from lincoln park yeah, I, all I know is I have a list that's like Hoobastank, Attila, Lincoln yeah, Park, Corn, oh okay. Creed, and 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 I got a bunch of songs here that I was listening to, and we kind of we kind of weren't able to continue with it because it was yeah, I, I found I, it grueling. I found it very grueling. It was, it was, and I I really I don't even think I have a list written somewhere. I was just doing it off the top of my head, but I ended up moving away from new metal and just coming up with songs from bands I don't like. Okay. Okay. Did, so yeah, I think it was an interesting topic, but it would it would require a team of researchers to get a list. Did, was there anything that you were able to take away from from that that was useful or? Um, there's a song. Okay, so uh, there is one song I want to talk about. Okay. And I cannot believe that I'm saying this, and I, we may have to delete this because I'm about to sink my already ruined reputation. There is a song by Nickelback that I like. Oh, you showed me that song. I remember that one. It is almost Prague. It yeah. Is yeah. A step away from being Prague. And I can't believe I like it. It sucks to say that I like that song. And and, and just to be clear here, too, I, I don't have anything against Lincoln Park. I like Lincoln Park. But the, you know, there's there's like with first off, what is the definition of new metal presently? Because I feel like it's changed over the years. I don't, I, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think a lot of new metal bands are gone, aren't they? No, they are. But like, how are we defining new metal? Like, what does it even mean? Do you know it, what I mean? It's bubblegum metal. That's what it is. That's it's what. Not, okay. 
Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't think that it's metal. So is That's System of a Down new metal? Because they used to get described as new metal, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they're bubblegum metal. Do you know what I mean? Well, but no, but that's what new metal was when it first came out. It sounded kind of, I, I don't want to say sloppy, but bumpy. Mm-hmm. And then it became the melodic sissy metal that you hear now with these kids out of high school who, I don't, what was that one song we were listening to where the guy's pulling on his shirt, showing his tattoos? I don't even remember. <laughs> But you know the you know the video I'm talking about. Right? I don't. I, I I we watch so many videos, and that's I'm sure as soon as you showed it to me, I'd remember. But like, yeah, I don't even remember the name of the band. But that was. Oh, oh what, no, I do. I now I remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's what new metal has become. I think. Okay. I think new metal started out. Five Finger Death Punch is horrible, absolutely horrible. I don't but know enough. Have, of, I don't know enough of their music to weigh in. But go on. They they have one good song. Because it's about veterans, so they actually put their heart and soul into it, and they made mm-hmm. a good song. But the rest of their stuff that they do, they're just writing a song. Okay. The singer can't find the melody. The band is mediocre, and I think they survive because of name. And they beat they beat the closing window of how you become a popular metal band. Because it's very hard to do now, right? Yeah, oh, it's really difficult. I mean, you can't. I, I, is there a popular metal band right now? ghost but they but they're not they're not like top 40 um like lincoln park you'll hear lincoln park on kiss 108 you won't hear ghost on kiss 108 yeah yeah no 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 i i know you'll hear ghost sometimes at the local station here but it's always but you but you gotta keep in mind you live on the west coast and like you know seattle right our radio stations are garbage like yeah but you here we we barely have any rock stations left yeah they're all from new hampshire or out in western mass and most of them are gone, and uh, though they're starting to make a comeback, we're starting to get more of those kinds of stations again. But I don't know the only the only bands from that genre that I I ever really liked were uh, System of a Down because they have like this they're all Armenian and you can you can kind of hear that in the music like they the music that they grew up with influenced a lot of the content of their uh, of their songwriting and. Right. And I like I like the sound I like the I like the style of singing and all that. It's kind of got like a world music vibe at times. And Lincoln Park I could handle because, I mean, they were basically a pop band that used metal aesthetics. Do you know what I mean? That's sort of how I looked at Lincoln Park. But I thought they were good songwriters. Um, but a lot of the I other stuff. I hated his rapping, and I think that detracted mm. from the music. I was not too keen on the rapping only because I didn't really understand what they were trying to do because I think I was like five years ahead of those people. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it just wasn't something that clicked with me because some, it, 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 it didn't really fit into an easy category for me to, to put my, to wrap my head around, but I got used to it enough, you know, uh, you know, but, but the main thing that I liked about Lincoln Park was the melodies in the, in the music and in the singing more than anything else. Uh, it just seemed like they, they just struck me as good songwriters. So even when they had a song that wasn't quite my cup of tea, I could kind of respect the songwriting of it. Um, but a lot of these <coughs> other bands that came out out of that, I had zero interest in. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me. But I've always been kind of confused about what the parameters of new metal are. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe because it started out as one thing, like you were saying, and then ended up being bubblegum metal. So I, I think new metal was just, is just another flavor of glam metal, to be honest. It's just, okay. 
more radio friendly. It's more palatable. But and you might be right about Linkin Park that they're better songwriters. I think the rapping pulled me out, and I think the the overall easy listening mm -hmm. of it kind of pushed me away. Um, but I have to respect the fact that they have a lot of hits. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, it's one thing if you have, like, two or three hits, but they had, like, hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And it's like, it's sort of like, I don't like Nirvana, but, like, they were getting hit after hit after you. When somebody in the band is writing music that's resonating that well with a wide audience, they're doing something right in terms of songwriting. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the most complex songwriting in the world, but they're doing something right. Uh, and with Lincoln Park, I feel like something about the melodies, you know, just the melodies were well-constructed and well-chosen and well-phrased and all that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, it, it's, it is funny because is it better to have a situation where metal is exists in the pop realm so it still sort of is on people's radar but it's you know in order to do that it has to take on new metal characteristics like it, it did then or is it better to have things like they are now where metal almost has no presence in the pop world but there are all of these metal bands out there that you can find if you know where to look for them we're getting into a real genre discussion now uh using punk rock as an example is mm -hmm. blink 182 bunk punk well are I'm, they punk rock i'm not a big punk guy so i'm not the person to ask but i would say they're a punk influenced band to me like right i don't think that i don't think they really carry the flag of punk rock all that well right it, it yeah. to be punk it shouldn't be popular right yeah. it should be the opposite of popular it should be rebelling against something it should be fighting against something uh metal has has austerity to it for a reason. Mm. And as soon as you stop being rough, as soon as you stop being mean, so as soon as you stop being hard and heavy and bassy, uh, you're not metal anymore. Once you lose a certain, it doesn't, you don't have to have a, 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 the same aesthetic, right? Not everybody has to have studded leather yeah. jackets. Um, not everybody has to have tattoos or giant hair, but you have to love the process of making metal. And if you're, just borrowing from it so you can make whatever that band was we were talking about earlier. I don't even remember the name. If you're just borrowing it to, to make pop music, I don't think it's metal anymore. And if you have to call it new metal, then you're specifically, and it's NU metal by, yeah. by the way, right? That, that, that's, that's half the problem with it, to be honest, is the way it's spelled. Yeah. No, no. And I agree with you, but I'm not actually asking that question. I'm not saying, is it metal? I'm saying, is it better for metal? When, no. when, well, well, hear me out, hear me out first, because I, and I'm not saying that I'm coming to this conclusion. I'm just wondering when glam metal was around, right? That was, that was kind of a similar situation, like you're saying, but it also served as like a, an entry point for real metal. Do you know what I mean? Like it, and it, and it gave metal a presence in the pop world so that, you know, there were these bands out there that were clearly not actual metal that had some of the trappings of metal, but I'm wondering if somehow that allowed for more oxygen in the metal world itself. Okay. Uh, I have you... a very good and, uh, and meaty answer to this. Okay. And I'm going to say that it is not good for metal, but it is sometimes good for the listener. Okay. Okay. I don't see a lot of crossover and we can use games as an example if you want, but 
uh, and metal, I don't see a lot of people finding Firehouse and and then going, ooh, ooh, or Megadeth. <laughs> There's not enough of that moment where they make, they don't go to Slayer after listening to Final Can, Countdown. Nobody has ever made that transition. I did. I listened to Final Countdown, and then I went to uh You didn't hardest. go to Raining Blood. Not right away, Final no, but I mean, it was an incremental. But here's the thing. How many people who liked Firehouse <laughs> and then shift to Megadeth are going to parade around the fact they used to like Firehouse? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I don't think any of them are going to parade yeah, around that yeah. fact, but I don't think the transition happens enough that you can say, oh, that's really good for metal. Okay. It's good okay. for that listener, right? Oh, they okay. found really shitty music, and that led to great music. But, okay. And it's the same thing with, with games. Nobody walks into the gaming industry and plays Ticket to Ride and then said, oh, what's this Roman game that takes eight hours to play? Nobody makes that transition. And so people are always saying, well, it's good for the hobby. It's not good for the hobby. It is good for the person playing when they finally find something worthy of their time. So you're saying you think it dumbs down the metal overall, right? I don't even think it dumbs down. I think I think it detracts mm -hmm. and distracts for a long time. And then it takes a while for that listener, or that player, if they stick around mm -hmm. to find something good in all of this. Okay. Yeah, I guess the only reason I'm thinking it is because, like, when I think back to that period, that was also a period where metal was at its peak. Do you know what I mean? So, I just, I just have to wonder if there was, you know, something about the fact that I feel like I feel like there were a lot of people I knew who started on things like because keep in mind I'm I'm younger than you, so I was getting into metal more in the, like the late late eighties, early nineties. And I knew a lot of people that started on like Poison and got into Megadeth and Metallica and then, you know, Slayer and then Death Metal and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, but maybe that was just around where I lived. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't the case all around the world. But but I don't know. I think uh, I think whatever whatever it is, are, are, do you think that the current state of metal is a good state of things for the genre in, t in terms of. Not in terms of what's actually out there, but in terms of how much visibility it has uh, in in regular media. Let's just look at that top 66 list from Loudwire. Top 66 songs of the decade. We couldn't even get through most of it. And then yep. we just listened to the top 10. The range of sound in that top 10 is good for the listener, mm -hmm. but it is not good for metal. Behemoth should not be competing with ghost for viewership and listenership. They aren't even the same. There's nothing that the two of them share in terms of structure, in terms of sound, songwriting, nothing. And they're actually coming out of the same part of the world, by the way. So one's Polish and one's Swedish. Well, I, f I feel like ghost is one of these bands that is, they're kind of like, uh, they're almost like new, new metal in a way. Right. Cause they really sure. have, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be that flippant with them because I mean, I, we both like ghost. We both, we both have complimented their music. And I think some of the stuff that I've seen by ghost has been proper metal, but some of it has been, uh, you know, pop music with metal aesthetics. And so, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel about like, I don't mind there being a list like that. I just, I just, I just, I just wish that there was more, 
heavier real metal being represented on the radio waves and things. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I, I th- that's that's sort of my point of view on it. But I I think I can't really speak to that. I don't know radio well enough. I had to guess it's that radio needs advertisers. Yeah. And they don't want to scare anybody off and they need to pick the easiest most approachable music. Um more so if Slayer does come on at two o'clock in the morning, anybody that wants to hear Slayer at two o'clock in the morning just goes on YouTube. Yeah. They just right they are they already own the stuff. So that's a lot of the struggle too. Radio should be for promoting new bands, and really it's about promoting what everybody has already said they like. It's a popularity contest. Yeah, and again, so I don't know if we can. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I, I live in Boston, and our I, I don't know how much our radio represents what's going on nationally or internationally either. So, uh, and, and it's not all bad. Like, there are a couple of channels, usually later at night, where I can hear the kind of music I want. But overall, I, I, I feel like, you know, it, it is, some of the bands that I think should be getting airplay, you know, are not getting it. Right. Um, so I, I have to go and do a lot of research to find new bands. Right? Yeah, me too. I think we talked too. about this before. Well, and it's it frustrating. Well, and the thing is, it's not like we didn't have to do that when we were younger, too. Like, I, I remember going to the store and, you know, finding bands just by the cover and stuff. So I, I think that that's nothing new. What What might be new is that there aren't really record stores anymore. So I... Now it's instead of instead of like a finite space where you have you have unknowns, but it's still a it's still a shelf that, you know, can only contain so much material. Now you have the whole Internet to explore. So there there's that, Um, which kind of brings me to the next topic, unless you have something else you want to weigh in on with this, Um, which is the effect that YouTube is having on metal. Uh, You know, I, I I I've. I, I've been very interested in sort of the pros and cons of YouTube, and I feel like there's a lot of benefits, but there's a, a lot of negatives also. And one of the negatives that I've increasingly been seeing, especially on channels that are sort of you know for metalheads, by metalheads, and, and in particular guitar players, is a tendency for things to kind of start to sound the same after a while because everybody's starting to learn the same techniques and the same styles. And do you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know if, I don't know what your experience of, of YouTube has been with metal, but, but that's, I I'm, I'm on the one hand, I think it's great because if somebody wants to learn how to shred like Marty Friedman, they can do that. Uh, but on the other hand, when I, when I watch a lot of these videos, one thing that I'm starting to see is just everybody will start to sound exactly that way. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, uh, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think the problem I have with YouTube's algorithm is how do I uh, how do I express this? If I listen to a great prog song, they immediately want to feed me Trivium or some band that sounds like Dream Theater. Yep. And I've pretty much made it clear to YouTube about 700 times now, I don't like that kind of prog. That's not what I want to listen to. I'm looking for esoteric metal. I'm looking for things I haven't heard before, and I'm going to continue to pick those bands. And every single time, oh, here's Trivium. Oh, here's uh, Animals as Leaders. Oh, here's another band that's a wall of noise. Uh, And I think that 
YouTube is can only do so much, right? They YouTube doesn't know the difference between Fate's Warning and Dream Theater. Yeah. Because there is quite a, a overlap of those fans. But for me, there is no overlap between those bands. John Petrucci has turned that band into just a noise-generating machine, and it's not for me. And that's okay if people like it. I don't care, but that's not for me. But so long as 99% of prog metal fans like that sound, you're going to get that overlap. When I listen to Opeth, I get Opeth recommendations for the next 74 hours. But if I listen to Fate's Warning, I get recommended the same exact songs in the same order. And then once that's all done, hey, do you want to listen to Capo by Animals as Leaders? No, I don't. I've said no 2,400 times. The, Leave me alone. The, the YouTube algorithm has a lot of a lot of issues. Um, and I definitely, the other thing too, is it, it does this weird thing where it'll send you in the wrong direction. Like it'll send you into bands and music that you have no interest in, but it'll also kind of create this weird closed loop where it just starts giving you a really narrow selection of bands and, and songs. And, and you start just seeing the same stuff cycle through over and over again. So I, I don't know how to operate that and, and make it work, but what I was thinking of, I'll give you an example of what I was thinking of. I, I, I like to, to go on and look at different guitar players, you know, who are doing different, you know, types of music and stuff like that. And I was looking at acoustic players recently, and I've noticed that a lot of acoustic players are all using the same techniques now to the point that they all sound kind of identical. They all sound great. Like they all sound magnificent, but they all sound like the same guy. Do you know what I mean? And, and so I'm thinking of it more from like the learning end of being of, of 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 how musicians are being shaped and 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 again i think it's i think it's predominantly good i think for the most part people are gaining access to techniques that they might have had to really struggle with to find in the real world when back when i was learning it like you either you either learned it from your guitar teacher if you didn't have a guitar teacher you figured it out or one of your friends showed you or you found a book at guitar center or at your local guitar shop that maybe gave you some instructions and now if there's a technique you want to learn, you can learn it. But I feel like there's a, a homogenization occurring where everybody who plays acoustic now, they all do the thing where they use the acoustic guitar as like a drum. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's a legitimate technique. Like for, for like Spanish style guitar, you'll see it yeah. being used and stuff. Yeah. But the problem is when you start using it for every single song, every single right. song starts to... It starts to create an aesthetic that that makes even very different songs sound the same. Uh, and there are a lot of other little techniques. Everybody's using harmonics and stuff, even when they probably shouldn't be using them. Um, and so on the one hand, it's fascinating because you go and you'll see somebody, you know, do a rendition of some theme song from a movie or some, you know, really widely known metal song on the acoustic and it sounds incredible, but then these little things they are doing just kind of, you know, it just kind of, I, 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 I worry that we're not having enough diversity of guitar styles emerging. And I wonder if that's starting to have, if that's starting to happen in metal too, as the, the players that are, uh, that were raised on YouTube start to be the ones that are recording. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not, again, like I said, I think there are pros and cons. So I'm just focusing on this one negative aspect, but I'm not saying it's all bad. 
I think 80s metal suffered from the same thing, right? There it were did. in the in the mid 80s, you had a ton of bands coming out all of a sudden. Steeler comes to mind, yeah, um, as one of these kinds of bands where the only thing they had heard was Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, yeah, right? Maybe they'd heard a couple other bands, but it was clear they'd heard Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, and their entire sound, their album, good or bad, every song on that album sounded the same. There was no, yeah. There, there was a lot of that. There was a lot. I'm. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to act like this is so unique that it's not. But but right. don't you feel like you could at least distinguish between the individual guitar players sometimes? And like like what I'm talking about is if I if I go through all of the channels of acoustic guitar players doing like I don't know Hans Zimmer music or whatever whatever the big thing is that the people are putting on YouTube at the moment. Uh, you know, for a while, everybody was doing that Inception theme song, and then everybody was doing the uh, the song from Game of Thrones or whatever. Right. Um, every single player sounded exactly the same. I couldn't tell them apart because they were all using the same kind of pinch harmonic techniques. They were all using the same, you know, like uh, percussive techniques on the guitar. And I, I have two uh, things to say about that. Okay. Uh, the the sh- the the short and easy answer is. Anytime a metal band opens with acoustic music at all, it I'm, I'm already tuned out. It all sounds the same to me. It's the same four mm-hmm. notes played in just a different way. And so I, I honestly I honestly just get sick of it for me okay. personally. The longer answer is this. There is a way to measure fads. You can measure how long they last how deep they run or how many people they affect. Okay. Yep. So those are three measurements for fads in the past. Fads ran longer, but they didn't run deeper when it came to metal music. So we're talking about, you know, the two guitar sound that Judas Priest invented. Everybody did it. The, the, the chunky chord sound that Anvil invented. Everybody did it. These Mm -hmm. fads lasted longer, but they didn't go deeper. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now you have fads that people are picking up from YouTube and they don't run as long, but they affect more people and they still don't go deep because I think for the most part, it's very difficult to find a deep fad. They exist, yeah. but I think they're reaching more people and therefore it's shortening the length that they last because, okay, now every guitar player has heard this fad and has mastered it in six months. It's time to find a new one. Um, and I agree with you, by the way, that all every time every acoustic song has that drumming on the side, and I like it. I grew up with acoustic guitar playing, but um, that drumming that you got to be selective about what yeah. you use when you use it. It it doesn't belong in every song. I'll put it that yeah. way. It belongs in certain songs and not others. And if you're doing it all the time, every song kind of starts to sound that way. So I it, I, um, I think of it like a recipe. If you don't know why you're taking the step in the recipe to do the thing you're doing, you're never going to learn how to cook better. You're just yeah. going to be able to generate this flavor when the recipe tells you to generate this flavor. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and I was just using the acoustic as an example. I you know, sure. but no, uh, I but know. but I guess what I'm maybe you're right and I hope you are. Uh my my concern is maybe what's going on is all of the guitar players now and I know I'm focusing on guitar just because that's what I know, but like maybe they're all, they all have the same guitar teacher and that guitar teacher is YouTube. Do you know what I mean? 
Right. And right. so that's what's worrying me because back when I learned, not only did everybody have different teachers, it was kind of like almost like a, a wuxia movie with the martial world and people are learning from different masters and you have these different sects. And sometimes people don't even have a master. They don't even have a guitar teacher. They just kind of figuring it out on their own by ear. Uh, I, 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 I just worry that like, on the one hand, I'm seeing a generation of guitar players that are much more technically skilled than the generation I belong to. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is a good thing. I think technical skill is something to be valued. Uh, on the other hand, I, I see a generation that's developing habits like the one I described and habits like a fear of mistakes and a fear of flaws because everything is on YouTube to the extent that some people you know, they're, they're not, they're not even putting out any smudges of the, you know what I mean? They're not putting out any playing that's got wrinkles in it or is a little bit out of time. And, and so, you know, I, I, I think that, that YouTube is, is a, is a really useful thing, but I, uh, I, I think that it would be good for people to be mindful of, uh, you know, what, what kind of guitar playing culture it's creating. And, and there are some things I think we could maybe do without. But I don't know. I'm a, I might be an old man that, you know, is, is no, out no, of touch. I think this is the same as the conversation that we had about oh, what the hell were we talking about? We were talking about how uh, I, I think I'm losing my thread. We were talking about how people learn from from something, and uh, there's it was the article about why pop music has become so repetitive and has no meat to it anymore. Those two guys from oh, yeah, I remember. are rating all music right now for pop movement, for all modern pop. And their sound is getting narrower and narrower and narrower. And so what pop music can do is be is dying. And I think the same thing is true. People are going to YouTube to find how to play guitar. Yeah. And the guys want hits. The guys making the videos want hits. So they all have to sound easy listening. They all have to sound approachable. They yeah. they if they do anything, uh, even the guy, our favorite guy in the world that does those those videos about music, he knows everything. Oh, I Rick Beato. Yeah. Even Beato only does stuff that you would find in Rolling Stone magazine. You'll never yeah. hear him talking about Iron Maiden or Judas Priest. Oh, no, he, he will occasionally. He, he, he won't do it for what makes this song great a lot of the time, though he did do Tool. Yeah. He did a couple other bands like that. But sure. he mentions K.K. Downing all the time. And he mentions... Does he really? Uh, oh, yeah. And he mentions Marty Friedman. He knows Marty Friedman. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, if you... if You got to kind of watch. Like, he, I think he's smart about he's got it. got a lot of videos. Yeah. I can't go deep on he, all of them. The videos that are probably popping up on your feed are the ones that are... Probably the ones where he's talking more about the Rolling Stone type stuff. But the I... One, I, I yeah. I've noticed if you go deeper with him, you get you get a lot of variety. Um, he had, he had a whole video on like guitar players that were important over each decade and he, he covered everybody. He was, he was, he did a really good job with that. Um, I, I mean, I think someone like him is good for YouTube. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm less worried about yeah. those kinds of channels. I'm more worried about, I'm I, more worried I about going there. I was going to say he's, he's making a lot of great videos and he's really useful, but he's still for the most part talking about the stuff that's popular. Yeah, and if he is talking about stuff like you're saying that isn't, it isn't showing up in the yeah. in the AI. Well, and that's and that's yeah, and I guess that is part. That's part of YouTube. That's part of Twitter. That's how all these things operate now. Where you kind of, it's it's why I occasionally dip in and out of social media because I don't like how it does to me. Where you're you're making things, uh, 
to get the reaction, to get the likes and all that. And that could be good, but it, it, um, I don't know. I, I, sometimes it can drive the content in ways that it wouldn't otherwise go. So, uh, not that I think that that's what's necessarily going on in the Viado channel, but it's definitely going on in some other channels. Like there was a whole, I don't know if, did you catch the whole fake guitar playing controversy that happened on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. Well, what, what, what was your impression of it? I'm curious. I'm still trying. I'm still struggling to understand why they were calling it fake versus just prepared. I think it depended on, on which there was a lot of confusion around that. There was also, uh, I, I don't know. It sounded like some people were being accused of legitimately like tinkering with what the performance afterwards okay. and uh, it sounded like some people were uh maybe just you know like you said just pre just prepared so i i don't know i uh, what what did strike me about that is you very rarely will see a youtube video where somebody has their mistakes in their performance you'll see it on the beato channel because he'll just take out a guitar and start playing stuff and if he flubs he doesn't care but uh i i would like to see a little bit more pockmarked guitar playing on, on YouTube, I don't think we're going to anytime soon because I feel like people have this sense that they have to put their best face yeah. forward. I don't think you can have mistakes on YouTube because of the comment section. That might it, be it. That might be I it. I mean, that is just such a stupid complaint about if that's what the complaint is about fake playing, that there's no mistakes in it. Uh, no, no, that's not, that's not, that's not, that, that, just to be clear, that wasn't what people were saying. Um, that was just a thought I had as a result of watching. Oh, oh okay, of, okay. Yeah. Well, I still yeah. think that you can't have, if it's YouTube, you can't have any mistakes. You just okay, can't. okay. People will crucify you. I it's think the worst place on the internet to do anything wrong. Don't you think we'd be better off, though, if people just allowed themselves to, to, to ignore those comments and you're, have the mistakes? Oh, to ignore the comments? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody should ignore everything on the yeah. internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue. They should be ignoring us. We're just yeah. two assholes yeah. sitting here giving our opinion on metal. We're not. We're not the the we're not the tyrant leader overlords who decide what is and isn't metal. No, that's the, you know. No, I but, wish we were. Well, I I you know it's funny. I was imagining what a uh, what what a what a what a metal dictatorship would look like this morning, and it was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> Instead of like well, if statues, I was a metal dictator. It would be a really narrow field of bands. Who, who which 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 bands which singers which guitarists would have statues erected? If you, if you know, like <laughs> Dio, Dio, Dio yeah, Dio, Dio would definitely be there. He would uh, get the first, first, uh, statue. Now yeah, that's that. a great episode. That, that it's would be a great parody movie too. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, I was imagining it. It seemed kind of silly, but, but yeah, you'd have Dio, you know, I'd probably want to get Brian May in there. I want to get like the proto metal people too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was another topic you wanted to talk about. I want to get to before our time runs out. Uh, unsung heroes of metal. Yeah, um, you want to do that as a separate episode? Or you want to talk now? Why we do it now? Because I, I think we got right. you know it's a multi-topic episode. So we no, might there's well. a lot of ways that you can uh, classify who's an unsung hero. And what I was basically just thinking is these are bands that a lot of people don't realize had a huge impact on the sound of metal. Okay. And if they listen to the show, we've heard. People have heard us talk about some of these before. Um, I already lost my list. Where is it? Doggone it. Anyway, I, I know Diamond Head and Saxon are on the list. Okay, um, yeah, I can understand why they would be on there. Um, 
they are uh where the heck's my list unsung heroes i even called it that so i had sabotage i had exodus i had annihilator i had testament i don't even like testament but i still have to recognize what they've done i was huge into testament when well what's your take on testament i'm curious because they were a band i I listened to voice no no but i mean you 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 put them on the list for a reason so i'm curious why you put them on the list well they were one of the bands that uh, other than pantera who were holding on to the torch through the nineties. They were one of those bands that didn't let go uh, and wanted to continue to make that kind of metal. And they gave, they were bringing in that hard punch you in the face sound. And again, I don't think that they're necessarily great, but they did a lot for metal to hold it together. Yeah. I, I always thought of them as, I mean, they were thrash. They were kind of like a lot of the other thrash bands, but they were, harsher a little bit harsher but they were very musically proficient the performances on those albums were good um you know i i i I didn't have like every album but i had you know their early albums and i had like practice what you preach and you know albums like that um you know and uh, you know i i I thought they were a great band but but it's funny because i listened to them and then i never heard anything of them and then when i got on the internet as an adult apparently they had made an impact so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I'm immediately going to ruin my own topic, but a lot of people complain that they're not part of the big four and that they should have been part of the big five, essentially. You, yeah, I, think you, I don't think they should have. I don't think they should have been in the big four. I, I, I think I, I don't even think Anthrax should have been in the big four. And I'm, this is where I'm going to go with this argument. OK, is I liked Anthrax when they first came out. I had Among the Living. I had uh, Persistence of Time. Um, I didn't, I, I had the stormtroopers of death before they were even anthrax. And, um, then they just changed and they weren't really a metal band anymore. They became something weird. And then they tried to, they went through so many singers and I, I actually did a deep dive on anthrax about a week ago on okay. the internet. And I cannot believe how much material they made. That isn't metal. That's just rock. That's just basically passing for even music they did a lot of stuff that wasn't good and for them to be considered part of the big four is sometimes shocking to me okay because they did not have the resonance that everybody thinks they did i think people are nostalgic for what among the living sounded like but they forget how many how many bad songs they made yeah i was never huge into anthrax i always i always kind of thought of them as like a I don't know. They just they just weren't they weren't really a. I didn't hate them. I didn't dislike them. They just weren't my my type of band. I was more into things like Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica. Right. Um, you know, I I kind of filed Anthrax in the same category. I put Suicidal Tendencies in and bands like that, where it just was getting a vibe that wasn't quite resonant with me for whatever reason. Like I did, I respected them, but they weren't for me. Well, they definitely uh, had that New York sound, right? And again, I I, I think Among the Living is going to go down as one of the best metal albums of all time. Hmm. But I don't think that after that they they really matured the way okay. they should have as a sound. They continue to sound like just a bunch of kids having fun in a garage. And at a certain point, you have to you have to grow up if you're making music. Yeah. No. And, I, go ahead. And anyway, we're this is the exact opposite of unsung heroes, right? Now I'm saying well, they're a sung hero who doesn't deserve their. So what, what, were there any other bands on your list? Or I well, I put Anvil on there. I put they uh, belong Melvins. there. What's that? I'm not as familiar with the Melvins, but I've always been curious about them because I keep hearing yeah. them. You know, I love Buzz. I love I I love their 
they are they are the originators of sludge, right? They just dominate that sound. If you want to hear, and I know Black Sabbath gets recorded as having the invented so many different genres of metal, but it's really the Melvins. Everybody owes doomy, stoner, sludgy, swampy metal sound to the Melvins. They are the ones that started all of that. And he is such an accomplished guitar player. If you listen carefully, and it's really hard to do sometimes with sludge, but if you listen carefully, he is borrowing metal melodies from so many classic bands, and he's sneaking them into his songs. I I just love the Melvins. Okay, I mean, again, I don't know enough about them, but like I do, I did like a lot of that sludgier type of music at one point. Um, yeah. So I can I can sort of see what you're saying. I guess. Uh, do you have any? Before you move on, do you have any other uh, bands on there before I give some of mine? Or well, I, I only I only have a list of eight. I guess I could think of some more unsung heroes, but um, we've talked about a lot of these in the past. Exodus is on my list. Um, Diamond Head, Annihilator. I think I already said those. Um, yeah, and, and I, I agree with all those. I'm trying. To, so uh, some of the bands that would leap to mind for me are bands like Trouble, which. You know, they, you know, I I really like Trouble. They 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 not only influenced doom metal with like Solitude Eternus and stuff, but apparently they had an influence on Metallica, who saw them and liked their sound. Uh, so I would put a band like that on the list. I would put a band like uh, Wishbone Ash on the list. Do you know what I mean? For helping to like you had mentioned how Judas Priest really you know invented that twin guitar metal sound. But Wishbone Ash was one of the bands that really pioneered the twin guitar sound outside of metal, right? And so, you know, both Iron Maiden and Judas Priest owe Wishbone Ash a bit of a debt of gratitude. Uh, a band like Witchfinder General, if people haven't ever heard them, they're a, uh, they're kind of an unusual band, but they they're they're one of the bands that a lot of the doom bands will point to as you know an uh, an early doom band that was influential um and another band in that category would be saint vitus uh that not a lot of people know but i think you know they're, they're worth checking out worth going to um but yeah beyond that i you know this isn't a topic that uh you know that i was prepared for so i'm just going off the top of my head but another right. band that i would probably mention is venom because i don't think i don't think that was on your list yeah um so yeah. i think venom is is worth bringing up i think satan is worth bringing up as well i think they're a fantastic band but i I, I don't know how well some people know a lot of these bands, and that's the trouble with calling somebody unsung. Well, right? well, let me ask you this. What do you King mean by Crimson. unsung hero? What, what does it take to be an unsung hero? What's the definition of that in this particular I, case? Well, I think it's the people doing the hard work, but they're not getting the recognition for it, right? They're not... People know who, say, Great White are. Yeah. Even if they were toting the water back in the day before they were popular, eventually they got some recognition. And I'm not saying they're a great band, but you can't say Def Leppard are unsung heroes. One, they're not heroes, and two, they're not unsung, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think the struggle is, as soon as you call somebody a hero of metal, you have to one classify that what they did is good, and then to say that they're unsung, they have to be a band that not a lot of people are, are listening to. And some of these bands are bands that people know. Yeah. But Exodus should have been much bigger than they were. They just should have. Well, sometimes the cards just don't land. It's yeah. also really hard for me to gauge how well, especially when you're talking post eighties, do you know what I mean? How well yeah. a band is known because you know, a lot of the bands, like there's a band called paradise lost 
that I thought was yeah. really interesting when it came out. But I think that's I think they are sung heroes because I think people know who they are. So I wouldn't yeah. really mention them in this kind of a conversation. But but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe a band like that would fit. So uh, it's a it's a little bit tricky. But but yeah, I I don't know. In terms of you know other bands that are uh, did I mention Sirith Ungle at the start of this? You did not, but I know who they are. Okay, I th- I mean again, I know they're not your cup of tea. I know that yeah, they would yeah, pro- they drive you crazy, but but they're still kind of a significant band sure. in that they influenced a lot. Like the the way that you know their band is significant is when you get the CDs and you look at the liner notes. Every band you listen to thanks this one band that you've never heard of before, right. and and Sirithungal was one of those bands that I just remember always seeing on the liner notes. Um, in fact, they have a new album coming out. They haven't had an album in ages like that. I mean, they, they were a defunct band for, for a long time. So, right. uh, I'm very curious what they're going to release. Um, I don't know. Did you ever, were you familiar with the band, um, Lizzie Borden? Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think of them? They, they are a great band, but I don't think she had enough range to her voice. It was a guy in the band. The singer Which, was a guy. Oh, then I'm not thinking of Lizzie Borden. Who's the band with the female lead singer that sounds like Lizzie Borden. Um, and I do know Lizzie Borden. I guess they're not the band that I'm thinking of. The I don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh, damn it! All right, I, I'll look it up. Okay. But Lizzie Borden is a band that I think a lot of people don't know. That, uh, especially their album Visualize. That's a. I think that's an album that's worth going and looking at. Um, it's kind of on the cusp. It's it's metal, but it's also a little bit in the glam realm. So it's kind of hard to gauge exactly where it fits, but. It's an interesting album, and I think that, uh, you know, again, there are been, I know they have some new material that came out recently, but there are bands you don't really hear about that much. Um, were you able to find the the name of the band? No, 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 I'm still looking up. It's going to take there, a while. There was that, what was that band? Was it Queen of Siam? Was that the name of the band that we found not too long ago? Uh, Queen of Siam. That might be the name of the album. I think I'm thinking of the name of one of their albums. Um, Lydia Lunch, Queen of Siam. Is this the band I'm thinking? Of? Holy Moses. Holy Moses. That's the band. That's the band. She had, uh, they were a great band, but she had a very limited range as a singer. And so it made a lot of their songs sound the same. Yeah. The, I, 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 the only album of theirs I really know is the Queen of Siam album. And yeah. I quite like that album. I think it's good. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm not dissing it. I'm just basically saying that. They they you can't call them an unsung hero because there's a reason they didn't get bigger. We know that it's the lack of range of her voice, is lack of range. Of but material. but is it because there are a lot of singers like Lemmy doesn't have a huge range, but you know Motorhead. But the band is doing so many other things. Okay, but the, but that out al- but that's the thing that album is pretty diverse in terms of the the guitar playing style. Do you know what I mean? It it doesn't all sound the same to me when I hear it. Right. Um, but maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but I she I just, came out. Lemmy predates melodic music as well. Melodic metal. You know, okay. Melodic music. He predates melodic metal. And that's one of the reasons that he can survive. Okay. She comes out in the middle of melodic metal. And that is a difficult uh, hurdle to, to get over when you have guys like Halford dominating the, and Dio yeah. dominating the scene. Yeah. Though she could have fit in with like the thrash side of things do you know that's yeah. sort of how i her voice was sort of somewhere between mustaine and lemmy when i hear it um but but either way there's so many people should check out yeah it's holy moses um, i 
I put Annihilator on the list, and what I really should have done is uh, put Jeff Waters on the list because Jeff Waters is one of the best guitar players in the history of metal, and not a lot of people know his name. Uh, he he's just fantastic, and he he was the heart of that band. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not very and familiar with them. So if you're not, you should go and listen to some of his stuff. Look at some of he. Everybody respected Jeff what he was doing in '84, and uh, he is there he is there a particular invited, album like, that you would recommend as like the first album? The very listened? first Annihilator album. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I think it's just self titled, to be honest. But oh, Alice in Hell. No, no, that was '89. What the hell was their first album? That, no, that must have been it, Alice in Hell. That's a really good song, too, so you should probably just listen to that anyway. Okay. But um, he was invited to go play with Megadeth, and he turned it down because he had his own band, and he didn't want to turn his back on the band. Okay, that's uh, sort of an interesting alternate timeline of metal. Um, what, when was he invited? Do you know what album he was invited for? I want to say after Rust in Peace. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, that, that's different. Um, so he would have been Marty Friedman's replacement when Marty yeah, Friedman left. I think so. Okay. I think so. He talks about it in one of his videos. Uh, Jeff Waters talks about it in one of his videos. Okay. Okay. The story of how he turned down Dave Mustaine. Well, that, and yeah. he always felt bad about it cause he loved Dave's work. He, uh -huh. he loved Megadeth. They were his favorite band. And here he is saying, no, I don't want to play with you. But yeah. he did it for all the right reasons, right? I think if he'd done that, Annihilator wouldn't have existed because they just only had the one album at the time. And uh, he would have just been another guy that passed through Megadeth. Um, what about a band like Death? Are they, are they, they, <laughs> I guess they get recognition. I don't think that they're. I think they do get recognition. Yeah. Everybody so, knows Death. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't really think of any more bands that don't get recognition that deserve it. But I'm sure I'll come up with one or two after the podcast. Um, are there any bands that you think get recognition that don't deserve it? Oh yes, I but mean, like biggies. I mean biggies. Like yeah, Metallica. Okay, okay. I mean that's one. Though, that's an easy one though, because a lot of people after Load are going to agree with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there is there a is there a you know a more popular Okay. Credible uh, metal band. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. That, okay. Well, that's also kind of an easy. It, is it? I think is... so. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's risky to go out and say Motley Crue are overrated. Oh. Okay. Um, well, I'm not going to say Iron Maiden is overrated. No, no. I'm just curious if there were. You know. I think. Uh, I think Def Leppard is overrated. I uh -huh. think. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I think uh, I'll, I'll I'll attack one of my heroes, Triumph. I will say that Triumph is overrated. They only had two good albums. Okay, okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they just, I don't know. He struggled for a long time to find his sound. And then when he finally found it, he kept changing and changing. Because he sounded like uh, a Jimmy Page for the longest time. Um, Rick Emmett, the, the lead guitarist for Triumph. And so when he finally found his sound, it, it, was, it was great. And it was, Never Surrender is one of the best... I don't know if it's even rock or metal. I don't know what you would call the album, but well, what year um, did after, it come out? Eighty two, eighty three. Okay, yeah, that's somewhere in there. That's a tough period for but categorizing. It was such a great album, and then the next album I think was Sport of Kings, and it was just garbage. 
And you just wonder how that happens. How does this band? And they were at the US Festival, right? They were big enough to open the US Festival on Heavy Metal Day. And then they never went anywhere. I think Van Halen's overrated. Yeah, I think, I think we both kind of... We we we've we've both kind of waited on that band, but um, yeah. I, I mean, with, with Van, it, it's funny because with Van Halen, I I always feel a little bit bad when I when I say that only because I know he had a significant impact on guitar playing, but I just can't get into Van. I I don't understand the appeal when I hear a band like that. Um, and maybe it's just that I'm not wired to like party style music. Do you know what I mean? Like music that's sort of designed yeah. to to for celebratory uh, purposes. Um, um, Slipknot is overrated. Man of War is overrated. Accept is overrated. Wasp was overrated. I think I just listed a lot of bands that really weren't. They didn't make good music, but they were still popular. Yeah, and I I, I would agree with all those choices. I don't really have any 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 uh, objection to them. Um, and I know I pick on Metallica a lot, but I hate Pantera more than all of them. So I think. I think when I'm attacking Metallica, I'm picking picking them because everybody knows what we're talking about. I think going after Pantera is difficult because the people that like Pantera really like well, Pantera. And the people that like Pantera know how to fight. That's the other thing. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're more uh, scary. Zach Wild, Zach Wild is overrated. I do. Not oh, see, I would disagree with that, but I want to know your reason. So I, I saw him twice. I've seen mm -hmm. him twice now. He opened for Priest once in Vegas, and he played at OzFest too. And one, he doesn't have any crowd banter. I just got to get that out right off the top. He he's an idiot on the mic. Um, second of all, it just it all sounds the same to me. I do okay. not. I couldn't tell you one song from another. Well, I'll say this about him. He's not a good talker. Like he definitely he does not talk the way he sounds when he plays. Do you know what I mean? It's not right. it's not the person I imagined when I heard him on on like, you know, No More Tears and stuff like that. With his playing, he's very blues inspired. I think he's got a very pentatonicy type of playing. It's very different. For, even though I know that, like when he came out, people compared him to Randy Rhodes a lot. He's really at the other end of the spectrum, in my opinion. Um, but I admire his playing. It's just that I think one thing that does happen with pentatonic stuff, if you're not into it, is it will start to sound the same to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're not if you're not into pentatonic. If you go and you try to listen to a bunch of blues stuff, it's all kind of going to sound samey. Do you know what I mean? So I I can understand where you're coming from with that, but I but I, I admire him. I, I I like him in the way that I like Slash's playing and and players like that who are and and Ted Nugent people who are sort of they sort of bring a little bit of muscle to the playing, and it's it's not as much about even though Zach Wilde can play fast, it's not as much about the speed as it is about the expressiveness of the notes and things like that, which I which I tend to like. But but that's interesting, you know. I I I I I actually wanted to do a whole. We can't cover this here, but at some point, I would like to get into the topic of does Ozzy Osbourne write his own songs or not because oh. I think that would be a very interesting time. I don't know that we have time to do it here. And I feel like we would probably want to do our due diligence and well, yeah. you know, and you'd be forcing me to listen to Ozzy, which I don't even, well, no, you wouldn't do. necessarily have to, you might just have to look up articles on, you know, that's you know, true. That's you know true. it's not necessarily uh, something that you have to listen to the music to form an opinion on, um, because there's a lot of oral, uh, you know, evidence out there on YouTube. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different accounts of, what the songwriting was like under Ozzy. And it's kind of an interesting 
it's an interesting topic because it's it's one where there's a little there are differences of opinion and conflict so um but i have a few more bands oh yeah go ahead sugar Meshuggah's overrated. I can't get into them. I really have a hard um, time getting into that. I, I really want to like Mastodon, and I can't. I don't know why. I have the same I problem. Can't. I have the same exact problem. I, I really want to like them. I really do. I'm not trying to be an asshole. They were on my list for so long of, I got to listen to more of this stuff. I got to explore this and find out why I don't like it. But I just don't like they, it. They have these, like I'll hear about a great mastodon concept album that somebody tells me i'll love and it sounds wonderful but then when i go to hear it, it there's not there's nothing wrong with it it's 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 i can tell that they're great musicians i can see why people like them but i just can't sink into it for whatever reason um right. so I, I i feel you on that one and and the, this is the biggest question mark in in all of metal for me all of metal this is the biggest question mark why is necrophagist popular I don't. I don't know. It. I don't listen to Necrophages, so I don't really have an answer yeah. for you. But people who love them will fucking kill your dog to get to the new album. I mean, that's how crazy Necrophages fans are for Necrophages, and I don't get it. I listen to it, and it's just the same. It's mayhem and deicide all over again. It's those, and somebody out there who's can distinguish the differences between the thirty-five versions of Grindcore are going to tell me how I just fucked up. But to me, that's just the same. It's all the same. And I don't know what makes Necrophages different than all that, that people go nuts for. Well, you know, what's kind of interesting. I was thinking about that the other day. Cause I was thinking about how I, st I started out in a death metal band. That's where I came from. And we've had a lot sure. of conversations about the whole double bass and like, and, and grind core and stuff like that. And, and there is a tendency for it to become very samey. In a lot of ways, I remember we we were talking about that bolt thrower song, where I, I where I was showing you that intro I loved, and you couldn't stand once it got to the double bass, and it was just kind of you know this 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 tremolo power chord thing that all death metal bands do at a certain point. And I was thinking about that, and I remembered when I was in. It, it sort of gets into the topic of why songs end up having features that they have. And I think something that happened with death metal, just based on my own experience and we used to play for people, is the mosh was a really essential part of the death metal scene, right? Like it wasn't... Right. And, and the cue that you're supposed to mosh is the, is the double bass pedal tremolo power chord thing. I'm sure there's a better term for it, but that's that's all I can describe it as. It's 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 when it's when the guitar player is just you know, you know, uh, plowing away at the at the power chords, and the and the drummer is just hitting both of those bass pedals really really heavy. Um, right. I I think that arises out of that, and it's a style of metal that is really tied to the live performances and how those live performances are structured. So if you're if you're not part of that scene, it's even harder to really get it. Do you know what I mean? It's like if, if, if you, if you aren't, you know, and I never really liked the mosh. I always thought the mosh was kind of a stupid thing, but, but, but I at least kind of understood what people were thinking at that part of the song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I listen to a lot of ancients now, the band ancients and I'll get to the part with the blast beat and I just, uh, why is this here? Yeah, blast beat. You thank doing... you. That's the that's the better yeah. term. Uh, go on. Um, 
I, I love everything that they're doing. I even put up with the, the cookie monster parts of the song because yeah. the rest of it's so good. And then I get to the blast beat and I just think, do you guys even know what kind of band you are? And I, you're clearly just putting this in because you think you need to put this and in. And here's the thing. What I'm saying is they probably do need to put it in because at their shows, that's probably where the fans go crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's the dance section of a death metal song. Do you know what I mean? The you're blast right. beat. Um, right. So, so yeah, no, I mean, I, f- I feel kind of similarly about it because my issue with the blast beat is it is all of the sound kind of gets drowned out. Like I, you can barely hear what, co- what power chords they're playing even. When, oh yeah, when, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was in, and, and in fact, I used to notice that when I was in a death metal band and playing, I remember thinking that as I was playing that Jesus, you can't even hear what I'm doing. I, I, mean, I could be doing anything and it wouldn't even matter. You know, like it's 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 a the aesthetics of that is really strange to me but but people that like it like it so you know it is what it is um yeah i don't know any any other thoughts or topics before we no i I, i'm not really going to top uh necrophagus and mashuga to be honest okay um i think i think that once i thought about it for a while because i wasn't expecting the question Mm. um I, I think we've reached the end of okay. this. Topic. I did have one thing I wanted to add because we had we had talked about the um, the whole new metal thing and how we were looking not just at new metal but bands that we thought sucked who, that had you know we had to find a good song from them. I listened to so much Hootie and the Blowfish for that thing, and I did not find one good Hootie and the Blowfish song, not a single one. <laughs> um, so, and I, I don't know. Why you would listen to because that they were on my I, we we somehow I ended up with a list of bands whose songs I had to listen to and Hootie and the Blowfish were on there, so I just went through and I tried to find a good Hootie and the Blowfish song and they all sounded like you would imagine a Hootie and the Blowfish song I think sounding. The problem was that I had said uh, good songs from bad bands and I mentioned uh, Nickelback having one good song and that opened the door for Creed okay. and all this other garbage that we probably should not be listening to or talking about. I, show. I listened to Attila, the, the Billy, the, 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 uh, the Billy Joel. I don't know if you want to call it metal or hard rock, but the band that he was in before he became oh. the piano man. Um, that is, funny. it was awful. It, it, it it was just terrible. It was, it was, have you listened to any of Dio's crooner music? I have, I have. And I think it's, well, that is just so funny to hear, but I like crooner music. So I, I enjoyed it when I heard it. Like it's, it's, it's definitely not going to please somebody who knows Dio through Holy Diver. One of these days I'm going to bring something up and you're going to say, yeah, I agree. 100%. I cannot believe that I brought up crooner music and you said, but I like, well, crooner music. but I'm being, you know, I like crooner music. I've told you I like crooner music. <laughs> I know, but it's just, uh, you just cracked me up. I mean, well, well, here's the, here's the thing that I find amazing about that. It's number one. It's amazing that you can find a guy who looked the way Dio did in the seventies and sang and performed the way he did and played in the kind of bands he did. And you go back like 10 years and he, and he sounds like Mel Torme. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's really strange that that's how rapidly music evolved. Okay. But look at Rob Halford. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't have any recordings of what he was doing before he was in metal, but we know his mother was an opera singer and that's how he learned to sing. So his voice is operatic because that's where he learned. Yeah. So if we had recordings of Rob doing opera music, we would be saying the same thing. We, of, oh my no, God. we would. Except the differences, 
Dio was writing in a mu- style of music that was about as I mean that that was that yeah. do you know what I mean okay. like 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 rock and roll was being as invented as he grew up and so you can see how somebody would make that whereas opera is a whole other genre um but I get what you're saying I mean there's like those those uh I forget what song it is but there's some really early footage of Halford with the long hair and he's got like the hippie clothes on and they're singing yeah. in the style of priest but the look is just not not present yeah, yet. Yeah, because they hadn't they hadn't uh, stamped it. Yeah. They hadn't trademarked the look yet, right? So, but yeah, but people should. Uh, do you remember the name of the uh, the Dio crooner music? Because people might be interested in finding that. Uh, we Google. Yeah, go, I mean, just look up. Yeah, it, it's 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 very interesting. Um, but but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I. I I'm sorry to disappoint you again. If I, if I, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> you didn't disappoint yeah. me. It was just funny. I did not expect you to go. Yeah, but I like, well, I grew up, I grew up with Kruger music in the household. So like, yeah. it's, you know, I did yeah, too, so. but I don't like it. <laughs> well, you know, Bobby Benton, Bobby Benton was on the record player all the time at my aunt's house. But, but yeah, so, so we'll be back on with, with less crooner music and more metal next time. And until then, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you.